Hey, 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 what's going on, party people? Welcome back to the Help Myself Podcast. I'm your host, John M. Singletary Sr. And you know what it is. Got to keep that senior in there because I got a junior, a.k.a. LJ. That's my co-pilot. It's who I do it for. You know what it is. And we are here to help you help yourself while I help me help myself. <laughs> We've had a couple of amazing guests here these past couple of weeks. And as a matter of fact, all during this season, we have had just a a murderer's row of um, interesting and amazing guests. I say amazing all the time, but I enjoy each interview so much. And, uh, you know, some of them have uh, gotten me in trouble and some of them have gotten the rumor mill going. And guess what? I am here for every piece of it. <laughs> but I'm glad that you took some time to spend a few moments with me as we talk about this and we talk about that. So enough with the introing. How about we get to the podcast? Let's start off with the help wanted segment. Help Wanted. Help Wanted. This is a segment that we've introduced here recently this season. Uh, we didn't start the season off with it, but it, it's probably about maybe three, four episodes um, into its maturation process. <laughs> and Help Wanted is just an opportunity to talk about people or things that are inspiring and that are helping us get to where we're going. I also want to encourage you I'll put the link out and I'll keep sharing that, but there's a link to where you can give me feedback. Uh, you can talk about things that inspire you. And uh, if I'm impressed enough by what you share, you can actually uh, be featured on a future episode of the Help Myself podcast. Man, you really do your thing. I might ask you to come on and be a guest. So um, I'm definitely gonna share that link uh, this week and continue to share that and I definitely want to point all of you over to www.thehelpmyselfpodcast.com listen one stop shopping it'll take you to all of my socials it'll take you to every platform to get to the help myself podcast we've got episodes up on there and if you are interested in supporting me and purchasing the first book that I wrote four years ago the journey from fear to abundant faith. You can do all of that. Oh, and if you stop by, please make sure you sign up for my email list because uh, we'll get some stuff going and you'll be the first to know some great things going on with myself and the Help Myself podcast. And also, you know, we might be doing some giveaways, you know, just all kinds of things like that. So thank you so much for your support. And I definitely want to point you out in that direction. Uh, but for today's Help Wanted, on Friday, I had the privilege and the blessing of having three of my friends and peers who have become like family to come over and um, we call it staff meeting. And, you know, we would uh, 
after work on certain Fridays, we would, you know, to kind of just unwind, we would stop at the non-commissioned officers club over at Andrews Air Force Base. But, you know, that really put a limit on the time, you know, because I would have to uh, get back and, you know, make sure my co-pilot was good and, you know, just different things. And so um, one of my dear friends who's been on the podcast and uh, we'll probably have her back when we start doing the Help Myself remix. Hey, that's a that's a note. You'll be watching for that. Um, but uh, Jessica Joy Taylor, Chief Master Sergeant retired from the Air Force. And she talked about, you know, being a single parent. And sometimes it was just a matter of bringing folks over. And people coming over here is no problem for LJ because he's a social butterfly. He's an extrovert. So I had the privilege of having uh, Jessica Joy over. Um, Chief Master Sergeant Andre Dre Davis and Chief Master Sergeant Nefra Edwards. And they all came over. They're my peers. But... As we talked, we understood that sometimes situations create the perfect tribe for you. And as we shared our stories and our careers, and again, like like I said, these are good friends of mine, and they're people that I definitely respect in the execution of their duties as senior leaders in the Air Force. They're they're amazing. And uh, as we sat and talked, we just started to see the ties that truly bind us, the way uh, that we react to things, what our priorities are as far as taking care of our people, doing the right thing and representing in the right ways. And, you know, um, it's kind of like a domino effect. Chief Taylor or Jessica, she's retired. Nefra is retiring in a few weeks. And then at the end of the year, uh, Dre will be retiring and then I'll follow them out uh, in the spring of next year. And, uh, you know, we just talked about the reasons why it's time to go and, you know, how we got where we are. And I want to say that this uh, time spent with them was so amazing for me and LJ. Uh, LJ was just in here dancing and grinning and having a good time. And I was definitely encouraged and empowered by uh, having this opportunity. So we're going to make that a regular thing. You know, we call it staff meeting. So, and uh, I want to encourage you, that was my help on it, but I want to encourage you to get around like-minded people that are doing things that you want to do, going places that you want to go. Listen, I found out that whenever I'm the smartest and most successful person in the room, it's time for me to get out of that room because that's not the right room for me. And when you surround yourself with people that have things to teach you and share with you and can inspire and encourage you, you can't help but grow and help yourself. So that is this segment of Help Wanted for this week. We're going to move on to the main, (laughs) what we came to hear. There you go. That's what it is. All right, all right. We are back in full effect, party people. Let me tell you how the last week has gone. Every time I posted something about last week's podcast episode with the most interesting man in the world, Chavez Frazier, 
I got a response from this brother. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, I tell you what, I have a new middle name. My middle name that was given to me when I was born was Michael. But now my middle name is Desquarius Bartholomew Robert Earl. That's that's a lot of middle name, but I guess that's what it is. <laughs> Desquarius. <laughs> but no, no, an amazing interview. Um, two weeks ago, we had the interview with Yancey, and I played the little teaser. Listen, if you if you think that the entire episode was just based on that teaser you're missing it because she said some amazing things but let me tell you <laughs> the responses that i have been getting i'm hey i'm here for i ain't mad at it at all i'm not mad at it at all like <laughs> i literally got a text that said oh oh so this is why you lost interest in me because you out with chasing yarns. <laughs> hey, hey, listen. Let the people talk. Like we said last week, got to give the people the people what they want. <laughs> but um, you know, starting with the amazing interview that we had with Sierra Parker, um on to the conversation that I had with Jay Wild, the two-part, on to the amazing. And, and I don't think I did a good enough job as an interview displaying to you how amazing Chisa Miller is. Um, she did some diversity and inclusion um, workshops with the Air Force. And when I tell you my leadership was blown away, I wasn't blown away because I know that you know, she got it going on like that. So I wasn't blown away because I know what she does. But, uh, you know, my, um, you know, my leadership was truly, truly blown away by that. And uh, a lot of people in my command and, and all of that. So I, I think that we'll definitely get her on. She said she's willing to come back, you know, and uh, I talked about the remix. So uh, I'm not going to put any deets out about the remix, but and we've got some amazing guests coming up in the future. There's a couple that we had to reschedule. There's a couple that I'm uh, in conversations with to figure out a time. And I tell you what, this season here, uh, if it has not been beneficial to you, it show enough has been beneficial to me. Listen, and so thinking about how they share their story. Last season, I did an interview with myself, but I don't really think that I got into some of the things that would be um, a better opportunity to get to know me. I kind of answered those questions really. I was practicing getting ready for my first interview, which went well, not because I'm so good, but it was because it was an amazing guest, Dr. Kevin Danley, my first interview ever on the Help Myself podcast and a huge driver for the reason why the Help Myself podcast ever even came into existence because I was talking about it, but I wasn't being about it. And uh, that man pushed me. He continues to push me. And I am thankful and grateful for it, even though I'm grumbling and complaining the whole way. <laughs> you know what it is. But um, so I wanted to just take a moment and talk about my, um, my healing journey, my journey of doing work on myself 
And this will probably be a two part because I could really go back to the way that I grew up, you know, as a young man on the east side of San Antonio um, in a, a neighborhood that could be described as, you know, there's crime, there's gangs, there's drugs, single parent home, moved around a lot, saw a lot, saw murder, saw um, you know, assault, saw, you know, just saw so much, saw a lot that um, I would never want my own child to see, you know, not just at a young age, but I mean, some of the things that uh, I've seen, I wouldn't want him to see unless it was in a movie. I wouldn't want him to experience it in his life. And uh, it was somewhat of a normal for me. And so when I look back on that, you know, I have to be thankful because it could have ended up so differently for me. And I, again, I've said it so many times, I could have never imagined living the life that I'm currently living, but I'm thankful, but please believe I ain't stopping here. You know, there's, uh, there's so many people in this world that have so many amazing capabilities and really the limiting factor for them is their belief in themselves. And I am so not only inspired, but I'm driven. You know, I just, I want people to recognize how amazing they are and to see their vision so much. So this is my personal vision statement for my own life. And I've, I've said this before, but I think I need to, to say this a lot more often. My personal vision statement for me, John Michael Singletary Sr., AKA John Desquarius Bartholomew Robert Earl Singletary. <laughs> it is to utilize every talent, ability, gift, resource, and connection available to me to encourage and, and assist others to discover and live out their purpose, whether it be through mentoring, connecting, financing, referring, encouraging, or working directly with them. That's my thing. I just want to see people win. I want them to live their lives on purpose, not just a list of what to do and a list of what not to do, but they need to realize who they are and how who they are is meant to engage in this world to make it a better place. And I'm passionate about purpose. I'm passionate about people. So that's my personal vision statement. Now, let me tell you a little story about how we got there. Uh, I'm going to start this journey. Um, so when I tell the story, I think the the first part of the story should probably end or, you know, in Las Vegas. So this one probably needs to start out at Scott Air Force Base, Illinois, which is also known as Metro East just east of St. Louis across the bridge. Uh, St. Louis is in Missouri, but it's right on the border. And so you just cross that bridge and you're right in Illinois, starting with East uh, St. Louis, and then you move on out further. And as you get to uh, Scott Air Force Base, I lived in a township called O'Fallon, Illinois, and loved my time there. But when I got to O'Fallon, I'm introduced to therapy uh, I'm introduced to doing work on myself. I, I'm introduced to these concepts, but um, you know, there, there are a few things 
that are missing. Um, there's still some work that I have to do. Um, you know, I get over there now, you know, this is a promotion. I'm being promoted from master sergeant to senior master sergeant. So E7 to E8. I'm kind of feeling myself. You know, I'm, I'm in a position of power. I didn't even know where Scott Air Force Base was until I put it in the GPS. I was like, oh, Illinois. Okay, never been there. Not aware of it. Didn't really know anybody out there. But I got out there and, uh, you know, I was just doing some things, making mistakes as a leader, growing. Um, I did a, a lot of good. I made connections that to this day are vital to my life. And uh, But I had to go through the hard-headedness of trying to do things my way, trying to overcompensate for insecurities that I was feeling, um, trying to overcompensate for somewhat losing who I thought I was when I left San Antonio and went to Vegas. And that, that'll be an entire story, but I lost a part of who I had defined myself for for so long. And uh, now I'm trying to overcompensate and reestablish myself as what I believed as a force of nature. And I was going about it all the wrong way. And so, you know, made my mistakes in leadership made my mistakes in personal relationships because at this point i've decided i want to get back in the game in las vegas i took some time off from dating because i had gone through a whole bunch of short-lived 90 to 120 day relationships and i was just exhausted my little heart was broke and i was like i need to put down dating for a few years and work on me and get to a point you know where um i'm ready to actually be healthy and whole in a relationship. Well, here I am. I'm ready to go, thinking I'm ready uh, for a relationship. I was wrong, so I made those mistakes um, and found myself back into a, a place where heartbroken, um, struggling with missing my son at this time, Oh, uh, yeah. So we had to take a little break. Uh, I edited it out, but <laughs> my phone rang and, you know, we had some things going on, but the beauty of technology. So where I'm at, I, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm making mistakes on a lot of different areas. But again, like I said, I'm doing some good things. I'm trying to, uh, you know, LJ's mom had retired from the Air Force at this point. She was down in Florida. And so they moved to Charleston, which was, or back to Charleston. LJ had never lived there, but that was where she, that's where she was originally from. And it was a great opportunity because now it's an 11, 11 and a half hour drive, which, you know, that's not a good time, but that's very manageable considering that there have been times when I had been all the way, you know, across the country uh, when she was in D.C. and I was in San Antonio, that was a 30-hour drive. And then, you know, I don't even want to think about what Las Vegas to Orlando was. <laughs> so this right here was doable, you know, stepping up and doing that. Uh, but <clears throat> what I found in this time, when we talk about doing work on yourself and, and, and self-reflection and actually therapy and, and getting this help, I found that heartbreak tended to be the driver to make me better. 
And I'm obviously of the opinion that whatever gets you there, you know, just as long as you get there. But this is going to help me kind of establish the point and the question uh, that I really want to to pose to all of you. But I, I went through a situation where I thought I was a new man and, um, you know, I'm doing things and, you know, I'm pursuing a relationship and it didn't happen. And, you know, I'm thinking, I really thought I had it in the bag, y'all. So like, I'm going through some things and it's not, oh, I'm hurt over that. I'm hurt over the fact that I haven't gotten there yet. Like, yo, I'm not, I'm not the guy that I thought I was. I'm not handling things the way that I did or I thought I should. So I went into a deep um, meditating, you know, getting up early, uh, just really putting in some hard work on me. Sans therapy, but putting in some hard work on me. And when I tell you that it was an extremely productive time, and uh, I've gotten back to it recently, and I can feel the, uh, the productivity to it, but it was an extremely productive time that was driven by heartbreak. <clears throat> but it introduced a level of productivity. Like, I went from having a manuscript of a book to actually having a book published in a span of like eight weeks. I had been working on the book and going through the editing process for almost an entire year prior. And during this time of rapid self-exploration and discipline and getting up at the crack of dawn and just like I was getting up at about 4.15, 4.30 and I would just spend the first two hours of, of my day working on mindset and praying and meditating and listening to motivational speeches and, and doing my positive mantras and affirmations and reading my goals and just getting myself ready. So before I even stepped out into the world, man, I was full and uh, I got a lot done, man. It was exciting time. And I started to feel like uh, I was starting to draw the things to me that uh, I really deserved and desired. So, you know, I get into, I'm going to call it a situation. It was a growth situation, but, you know, I thought, okay, finally, you know, here it is. I have an opportunity, relationship, all of these things. And, um, <laughs> It was short-lived, man. We here we are on another. This one was an amazing 31 days. And uh then she ghosted me. She ghosted me. And you know, so I'm trying to figure that out. You know, I spent the first week or two not wanting to accept the fact that I just got ghosted because I'm like, yo, we we was every day, man. Like this was getting serious. I'm meeting folks, she meeting folks, like. Yo, what's happening? And, uh, you know, trying to come to terms with that. And you, you go through the stages of grief, like, I don't believe this is happening. And then it, it, it started to be, um, it got back to me. Like, hey, what is there about me that continues to put me in this situation that I don't want for me? <laughs> and uh, I started dealing with depression and it got really bad. It got so bad. Um, I'm not inclined to 
to really get too deep into it right now. But in the future, I promise I will talk about it more in depth. Uh, but it got pretty serious and um, just serendipitous moments, you know, just kind of of uh, shaken out of my funk by things happening in life. And uh, not all the way out, but, you know, when it had gotten really bad, where it just not wanting to see, you know, um, it was bad. So I kind of got back to a more functional state. And, you know, I'm just kind of coasting through life. And finally, I make the decision, like, I need to go see a therapist again. You know, I got therapy for going through a divorce and I had gotten some therapy about being geographically separated from my son, but now I needed to talk about some stuff that was going on with me. And um, first therapist, man, you know, she was nice. And, you know, I have a bad habit of going in there and, you know, we just talk about it and, oh, well, I do this and I do that and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, well, you're on a good path. And yeah, that was, that was maybe two sessions and that wasn't the lick. And so I figured, hey, I'll just kind of, I thug it out now, but I was smart enough or maybe wounded, heartbroken enough to realize that thugging it out just wasn't going to do it. So I decided that uh, I was going to give it one more go. I was like, I can't just stop right here. So I tried it again, you know, and uh, I found a therapist that literally I have said to her, if they ever made a movie about me, you got to be in it. Here's the problem that I have with therapy, especially early on. By the time I got to this point, I recognized that there was some talking that I needed to do. I kind of need to do some exploration on my on my part because a therapist isn't, you know, <laughs> they can't read minds. You know, it's not magic. It's work. And uh, I had to do some work on my end because one of my favorite movies is Goodwill Hunting. And the scene where he's in there with his therapist, Robin Williams, and, uh, well, that wasn't his name in the movie. That's who played the part. And this is uh, Matt Damon, you know, and he starts saying, hey, it's not your fault. You know, it's not your fault. You didn't do nothing wrong, and, and, and it's not your fault. And, you know, they have this huge emotional breakthrough. That kind of became, start to become my expectation for therapy, that, they were going to have these magic phrases that would speak to my soul and cause this breakthrough for me. And it wasn't fair because there's work and there's, there's, you know, transparency that you've got to do on your part. And so, you know, I started getting into the therapy because of the depression. And then in the midst of the therapy, uh, Martika passed, you know, so we went through this. And I had to take a little break from that. So here we have another significant heartbreak. And, um, you know, I'm just gutting through it, which I'm thankful for because, you know, I had LJ with me and, you know, he needed me and I needed to show up. I didn't have time to be depressed and take days and weeks off. I just didn't have the time. He needed me and I'm watching him you know, go from being in Charleston and taking out of everything that was familiar to coming out here to O'Fallon, you know, and we had to 
we had to rock the, the bachelor's pad for a couple of months until I went on and got us a bigger place that was suitable for both of us, you know, and uh, man, and watching him, uh, the grace, the grace and the strength that he showed, if he could be this strong, certainly I could figure it out. And I just did not have time to really be down and maybe even process that the way that I probably could have, which I think is good because I went on to process it. But I started to realize that these heartbreaks were drivers. And, you know, was there, did I need to be heartbroken to really get the best out of me? It is important to be broken. Um, we understand that process, but you know, then you must come out shining after clear and shining after the rain. And I'm like, I am not there by any means. So continue the process of therapy, dealing with my grief, uh, talking about the points of depression and, and talking about my expectations and where, you know, these weak points are and where I'm believing myself to be something and I'm not that, or I'm depending on something that isn't something that has the power to carry me as being able to be depended on. So we're working through all these processes. And then I have this, this moment, I guess I had my goodwill hunting moment. Um, so again, you know, I started, I talked about single parent homes and, uh, my mom had a copy. She never, ever, ever said anything bad about my father. She, um, you know, she she had to go through the heartbreak of watching me be disappointed, you know, when he didn't show up or when I didn't get it, you know, a card or anything for birthdays and Christmas. She she had to go through that disappointment, but she never disparaged him or you know spoke badly of him. Um, and I found a copy of the divorce, uh, transcript. And in that transcript, I read some testimony from my father that was very interesting. And, uh, I just kind of put it down and I just hold it away for years and years. I was young. I was, I was probably about 10 or 11 when I, now, I would say probably nine, nine or 10, because when I do the first part, there was a significant event that happens when I'm 11. So it wasn't then. It was prior to that. And, you know, I just kind of put that away into a box, but without necessarily saying exactly what it said, I'm in therapy and I realize, you know, according to this testimony and according to the um, the way that I you know, was able to see him behave for the majority of my life. He chose not to be there. Like there was nothing about um, me as his son that made him say, I need to be there for that boy. You know, like he just kind of like the <laughs> kind of like the Fresh Prince, man. My man just decided he didn't want to be there. He didn't want that, you know. And going through whatever he was going through. But I understood the impact of it because now I'm in a situation where I am raising my son on my own. And and although 
I was uh, divorced and split up from his mom for a time. I was never absent. We still did that thing together. I appreciate her so much uh, because, you know, even though it didn't work out between us, we still did that thing together. We made these decisions and I was present in his life and he knew who I was even when, <clears throat> excuse me, he knew who I was even when we didn't live in the same city. I made sure he knew who dad was and how much he was loved and that his dad was there doing it. And that was a decision that my father decided, I don't want this. And I just came to that. It was a breakthrough moment for me. It was tough. There, I promise you, there were times when I could not say that uh, and maintain my composure. So I've come a long way with that. But it was just him. He ain't that man had other things to do. He didn't want me. He didn't want to be my father. That wasn't his desire. And you know, you've got to you've got to live with that. And I'm raising a son without the cosign of my own father. And the thing I realized is that yeah, I can do it. And not only that, I am doing it. I mean, I recognize that. I'm not going to be out here and try to be something that I'm not. Um, I had so many amazing people that showed me what it looks like to be a man, to be a leader, and to be a father. And I appreciate them so much because I couldn't have done that. Like my my buddy, you know, my brother, Tim Quisenberry, you know, he he showed me the paradigm of how to be a leader and how to be a father. You know, he's a single parent. And watching him, man, I didn't even know that I was needing that at the time that I was getting it. But there's so many things personally and professionally that I just don't believe I would be able to do to the level of excellence that I do them without that example before me each and every day. And, you know, it got to the point where I got through that. And one of the things that we were talking about in therapy is um, I have been conditioned to my own glass ceiling. And the question that I really needed to ask was, I knew that through heartbreak, I could thug it out. I knew through the totally unexpected life-altering loss of the mother of my son um, that I could still do it. So I knew how bad I could stand it. But the question that I had not yet asked was how good could I stand it? And that's what this journey is on. You know, that self-sabotage that sometimes what I don't deserve. Listen, there's so much that I deserve, not because I'm better than anybody else, but it's because I've got the receipts for the work that I'm doing on me. And I've got a ways to go, but I am worthy of the success that I'm having. I am worthy of the love that I desire you know, I'm worthy of the relationships that I deserve because I'm doing the work. I'm not perfect. I'm not completely healed. But the question needs to stop being how bad can I stand it? And I need to ask myself, how good can I stand it? And that's the question I want to ask each and every one of you. Stop pinning yourself with the question of when will the other shoe drop? How good can it get? What if the best case scenario, you know, you, you reach out and you do something that maybe you don't feel sure about and be like, man, well, what if it goes bad? Well, what if it goes better than you could ever imagine it going? 
What if it surpasses even what you dreamed it could be? You don't deserve that? I mean, you talking about it. And you mean to tell me you don't think you deserve the absolute best case scenario? I believe you do. I believe I do. I believe you do. So I want you to spend the rest of this week thinking about how good can you stand it? Mm. We talk about standing the rain, but how good can you stand it not raining, but the weather being perfect? How good can you stand the best case scenario happening in your life? How good can you stand success that you couldn't have even imagined? Because listen, let me tell you, one of the biggest ways we sabotage the good things in our life is that our paradigm is built to struggle through the way things are now. But for the success that you deserve to have in your life, it's going to require a better version of you to navigate that. Look, an easy metaphor for it is I'm used to dealing with the kind of money that I got now. But when I have the kind of money that I'm going to have in the future, I need to be a better version of me. And I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need some advisors because I'm going to be dealing with a level of financial power that I don't have the literacy for, but I'm not going to pass up the blessing of having that financial power by not going out there and getting it. And so the level of success that you're going to have in your life is going to require a better version of you. The love that you're going to have in your life. Listen, man, when I'm with the woman that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, it's going to take more awareness of self. It's going to take a better version of me. And you know what? I'm trying to tell you, I'm not going to pass up the woman of my dreams just because I'm not willing to make myself a better version. I'm not going to pass up the success that I can have in all of my personal endeavors because I refuse to make myself a better version of myself. So ask yourself the question, how good can you stand it? Forget the rain. Let's go out and get some sunshine. Let's go out and, and get that perfect temperature. I'm from Texas, but I don't like it too hot. You know, I like that somewhere in the 70s. That's that's my jam right there. <laughs> but what does it take for you to be ready to live life like your jam? How good can you stand it? Right, man, I appreciate y'all uh thugging it through with me. That was a that was a long episode, but I meant every piece of it. <laughs> but here we are, man. This is my favorite segment, F Yo Couch. And I don't know why I say it every time. It's just once I get into it, I feel like I get in the character. You know, the braids come out, I got on the high heel boots and I'm stomping on the couch. You know, F Yo Couch. But it's summertime. Summertime is coming up, man. And, uh, you know, some folks, kids have gone back to school virtually and some have gone back in person. But with the summertime coming up, there's going to be all kinds of opportunities. There are actually going to be um, areas of need also. And so I want to encourage you to get involved with a summer program of some sort. Man, I believe the children are the future teach them well and let them lead the way you hear me <laughs> but there are going to be so many opportunities i think about 
a time when um, my son was a part of uh, the Miracle League, which was a baseball uh, league for special needs children. And uh, there were a lot of the ladies out there that were helping. And I remember that I came, uh, it was down in Charleston and I had come to see him for the weekend, a long weekend. And I came to the game and uh, they allowed me to go out there and volunteer. And those young men were so happy to see me out there because, you know, they didn't see a lot of men out there volunteering. And I'll never forget just so many of them came up to me and were just hugging on me and just so happy to see me. And we really make a difference. You never know the difference that you can make. And so I want to encourage you to get prepared. Listen, I know we're still in the pandemic. Safety first and uh, the safety of your family. But there are opportunities out there for you to get involved. There's summer camps, summer programs. Whether it's you physically getting involved or, you know, maybe getting somebody you know involved, donating, whatever it is. But it's a great opportunity and it is a classic opportunity for you to say F yo couch. Listen, I appreciate you so much. Uh, you know how we do it here at the Help Myself Podcast. I can't help myself. I've got to inspire. I've got to encourage. I've got to empower. But I can help myself by being the absolute best version of myself. And you can too. So why not do it together? Thank you for rocking with us, and we'll see you next time on the Help Myself Podcast. I can't help myself. I can't help myself.